Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, you're listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason Wright and Brandy Montambo. What is going on everybody? Jason Wright here. And we are bringing you episode 182. It is also the first episode of 2020 and the first episode of the new decade. How exciting. Uh, So I know a lot of people are all about uh, doing something new right now, New Year's resolution. Here's all I have to say about that. I'm all for you doing something that you were too scared to do last year. Okay. But don't talk about it. Don't tell everybody about it. Don't write it down. The only thing that really matters is doing something about it. I can't stress that enough, and I have a feeling I'll be saying that to people the rest of my life. It's all about action. It's all about action. So I encourage you strongly, take a chance. Do something. What's the worst that can happen? But remember, you got to take action. This week's podcast is sponsored by FreeDigitalMarketingReview.com. It's another one of my resources, but I think you'll find it very appropriate. Uh, Basically, what you do is you pop in your first name and email, and what I'll do is send you an email with three questions. You answer the three questions. Then I check out your website, your social media, basically everything I can see as an outsider. And I'm going to give you a fresh perspective on your digital marketing. So I'm going to show you where your opportunities are. I'm going to make you a screen share video and let you kind of see my process. And I'm even going to tell you what order you should be fixing things. So uh, guarantee you'll find it very valuable. Since it's a brand new year, why not get that new perspective? And it doesn't even matter when you're hearing this, uh, that really reigns true always. So if you have any interest and you like the price of free, check out freedigitalmarketingreview.com. All right. Um, today I've got an awesome guest. Uh, I talked to a gentleman by the name of Dan Meadows. Uh, he's got a pretty crazy story, kind of that 600 bucks to $20 million type of story. So uh, for anybody who thinks your dream is too big, uh, I feel like this episode, our conversation is going to be very appropriate for you. So let's check it out, shall we? What's happening, everybody? Jason right here with another awesome guest this week. I've got Dan Meadows with me. And let me tell you what I know about Dan. He's a multi-million dollar Amazon seller. I'm talking like 600 bucks to $20 million, And the co-founder of the Wholesale Formula. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me on here. No problem at all. So in your own words, if you want to do the long or the short version, it's your world. But tell me about your journey to this point in time right now. Sure. Absolutely, man. I, I had a, I had an interesting start. Like I, it's kind of been, I've been, I've been fortunate in that I, I guess I haven't had a real job in my life. Right. There you go. Like I, when I graduated from college, I started working at a local company and it's kind of weird because I live in, in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky and there's not a lot of tech or like cool stuff around, you know, it's your traditional uh, brick and mortar style retail jobs, your uh, co- uh, construction jobs, that kind of stuff. Like there's just not a lot. I mean, in my town, I think we have about 11,000 people yep. and there's probably more cattle in, in Corbin <laughs> humans. So, yeah. uh, but you know, I started out and I, I went to work for this company that sold magic and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon cards online. Mm-hmm. Uh, off their website. And uh, when I started there, like I, I, I just, I just graduated college. My wife was about a semester behind me and I was planning to go to law school. So I was just going to get a job until she graduated and then we were going to move together. 
and I started this uh, uh, e-commerce place. And it was just so fascinating, man. Like the, everything about e-commerce fascinates me. Just the, particularly, I guess where I come from that really small town mindset. Like I, you know, I grew up, I was born in, in Corbin, Kentucky, grew up here, went to college locally. Like, you know, it's, it's just super cool to see the connectivity online. And it's not something I didn't even, I couldn't even afford a computer until I was 18. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, my only uh, monkeying around online was, was at school and stuff. Yep. Um, so when I worked there, it was just super exciting. And I got to see, you know, how that business operated. And uh, over the, over the course of time, I became a pretty uh, key employee. Like the first year I was there, I started as a card sorter and uh, literally I'd just go and talk to the owner afterwards. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I was a relatively smart guy and I, I, he knew I didn't, I wasn't there to be like a long-term employee that I was there to be, you know, I was there until my wife graduated. So we would always talk about business and philosophy, business philosophy after, after I'd get off work. And it's just really cool to, you know, I got to learn a lot of stuff. And at some point he asked me if I would take over one of the categories there. And then we grew that one. Um, I think the year before we'd done about $2 million in sales. And that year we finished at about four or 5 million. Okay. Um, and I, you know, that, that category grew significantly and then it continued to grow. And eventually in the 2011, like it, you know, that company had grown to over 25 million in revenue off of its own website. Wow. But it was quite a different company, right? Like the thing that attracted me and I love the most about it was, that uh, uh it was it was that small town uh, that, that that small family style vibe right like yep. it, it, you know whenever it grew to 25 million we had 200 plus employees like it you know it was a lot more corporate structure and it, I, I became more disenfranchised and ultimately uh ended up getting terminated mm. and uh it was like three or four days before christmas and I'll, I'll be honest. Like it was kind of, you know, I'm, I made a great salary. Like I had, I, I, I made well over six figures, but I was always one of those people that just paid for stuff in cash. Like I didn't, I didn't have credit, any credit at all. Like I'd paid for my house. I'd bought, I paid for my wife's car. Like I paid her student loans off. Like I didn't have a lot of cash in the bank. And it's a lot of it, I think has to do with uh, like a deep seated fear from, I watched how, how my mom got ravaged by debt. Yeah. Like just absolutely ravaged. So when I got fired, even though I had a great job at the time, like I didn't have a ton of, of savings in the bank. Um, and we'd been doing this, this little Amazon hustle for about six months at this point. And how we got introduced to that was one of the guys came in. Uh, he was a, he was a, one of the chief officers in the company and he came in one day and he had mentioned that he was uh, turning in his notice. And I was like, what in the world? How? What? Like, you know, this is, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky and you get paid six figures, man. Why in the world would you leave? Yeah. And, uh, he was like, honestly, man, I'm just making more money, uh, at, at home selling stuff on Amazon, like part time. And, and he introduced us to the model and this was like in June or whatever. He had introduced us to it and we got like a little $600 credit card to start monkeying around with mm -hmm. and had done really well. Like, honestly, like after work, I, I was really passionate about it and just loved it. It was like new and fresh and exciting for me. So after work, we would go shop in retail stores and then take our stuff and sell it online. And we grew from that little $600 credit card and we did $50,000 in December alone. Wow. And that was when I'd gotten terminated. Yep. And, you know, so it, the, the Amazon business was moving, but it wasn't moving to the level that would support me. And I remember the day I got fired, man, like it was just brutal. Like I went to that, I went, we had this little 250 square foot office because, you know, we, we that was something somewhere we could process products out of without having to like bring it home. So my wife wouldn't yell at me for, for yeah. having it, you know, cluttering up the house. And, uh, I went to that office, man, and I just sat down and I cried and cried and cried. Cause I was like, you know, I had, I had a brand new baby girl. Uh, she was a year old 
it was a few days before Christmas. I didn't have, I, I think I had 4,300 bucks left in the bank because we just replaced a roof on our house. We just um, had another, had, had to replace our HVAC and it was just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember like, I was trying to think of, you know, what do I tell my wife? Like, what do I tell her? Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided that I was going to tell her I quit. And that, you know, and it was because I was really passionate about this Amazon business. Yep. And that, you know, my, my, it wasn't just, it, I wasn't trying to lie to her. Like it really, I, I was number one, I was ashamed that I got fired. Yep. Uh, number two is I didn't want her to worry. Like, you know, I, I was going to try to try to feign excitement about this, uh, you know, this thing I'd been side hustling for, uh, for a while. And so I went home and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I decided today I, I, I turned in my notice and, and quit. She's and she was like, like what <laughs> she said, you, you should, you should undo that. Now you should go back and, and get your job back. Like this is, you, you can't do that. We got to, you know, we got a, a, a baby, a baby, a brand new baby. And you know, what are, what are you thinking? And I was like, no, no, it's going to be cool. Like, you know, we're, I, I, I'm really confident in the Amazon thing. And I wasn't like, I really wasn't, <laughs> you know, we, we've done fairly well, but nothing, nothing too exciting. But I didn't, you know, little did she know, I didn't have the opportunity to turn around. Like my boats were burned and it, it, it was over. So it was, you know, just on to the next, uh, mm-hmm. uh, on to the next project. And that's where we really, really got started with Amazon. So over the course of that year, um, I mean, we killed ourselves. Like we were out there shopping in stores. And then when we, when we weren't shopping, we were shipping product in. And I'd spend a day at home with the, with the you know, my, my daughter and wife. And then I would be out on the road again because we don't have like a lot of retail stores in our local area. Hmm. Um, and we ended up doing about $900,000 that year wow. in sales and our margins were really, really good. I mean, they were fantastic. Honestly, they were, uh, like we were probably at about, you know, 25, 30% margins. So, I mean, nice. we made two, $300,000 profit. You so I'd written three meals a day, <laughs> right? Like I, you know, I'd, I'd replace the income, but the problem was, is, you know, I was working 75 hours a week or more. Yeah. Like it was just insane. And the next year, you know, and this was the hustle we knew is we knew how to go out and find stuff in stores and sell it online. And the next year we were doing the same thing and we decided to work even harder because we wanted to build that nest egg. You know, you want to build something just for a rainy day or, you know, whatever, if something happens. And uh, we worked our, we worked our tails off, man. Like it was, it was insane. We were out there in the stores every single day we could be out there. And it was, I, I remember um, it was, it was at, at Thanksgiving. Um, you, you know, Black Friday is like a huge deal in retail. In retail, and for us, it was like the biggest shopping night of the year. Like whenever we, on Black Friday, we would leave, we would go buy, we would go rent multiple giant vans. We would go into stores. We would spend you know thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in that night because the mm-hmm. discounts are so big. And you know that would be our inventory for that. Be you know months of inventory for us over the next year after it. You know the the sale prices had bounced back up. And, but I remember when I was leaving. And, uh, my, my daughter looked over and she was like, you're leaving. And it was just unbelievable. Like I was just overrun with emotion because it's like, you know, we're making great money, but at the end of the day, like, that's not what I wanted. Like, like this is not a business I want to run. I don't want to never see my kids. Like I don't ever be almost like an absentee dad. Yeah. And it, it, it broke my heart, man. Like we were, we, I remember driving like, cause the year before, whenever we were out there, it was gosh, we're so excited. Like just couldn't get there fast enough. We even got a speeding ticket, like getting to the first store. <laughs> and that, that time, like I was talking to Eric and I was like, man, it was miserable. Even like, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Like I literally just hated it because 
you know, I'd rather just be, be there and, 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 you know, sucking up memories with, with mm-hmm. my, with my family and the people I care about. And he was like, me too, man. Like I, it, this was brutal. This one was the worst one I've ever, the worst one I've had. Cause he had, you know, he has, he has some daughters too. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all we talked about is how we, how we needed to make a change in our model, even though we were, we were, you know, seemingly successful at the time or it was, you know, working. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't working for us. So we talked about the different models we could use and, and go into and we tried and honestly it, it was imperative that we made some kind of shift. Like I, I just couldn't stand it going forward. So the first thing we tried um, was we tried to create a, a, re- a retail store locally and we were like, you know, maybe this will like, this will just be side income and it'll kind of replace some of that income. So we don't have to go out and shop so often mm-hmm. and, and work as hard. And, uh, they, you know, it didn't, it didn't do terribly, but it didn't work because it's, you know, I have 11,000 people locally. I, I'm not going to be able to sell uh, enough products to be able to change, uh, change my business. Yeah. And we ultimately sold that store. Like, you know, I don't, I think we, we, you know, I don't even know if we made money or lost money. Like it was that close. It was just, yeah. we, we knew it wasn't working for us. And then we started another uh, business and it was, we were going to sell my little pony products mm-hmm. online. And it, we'd watched a documentary about My Little Pony and Bronies and had researched a bunch of conventions. And it, the things are highly collectible, you know, like it, older people buy them and, and collect them. So, and, and we saw that ar- uh, market on Amazon. So it seemed pretty cool and, and like it's something we could, we could try. And we ended up building a website, learning how to do, get some level of traffic to it. And it did okay. I mean, it didn't do great, but it wasn't, again, it was, wasn't our cup of tea. We, we sold that one. And I don't think we, you know, I, I don't think we made any money, but it was again, just kind of like one of those learning experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next thing we tried was Amazon private label. And I, you know, for the, the folks out there who don't know what that is, that's creating a product uh, that's a, basically a, a different version of a branded product and selling it as your own brand. Mm-hmm. And it, it was kind of crazy. Cause like, you know, we're, we're creative guys, but there's a lot that goes into something like that. Like you have to be pretty fundamentally sound in marketing. You have to understand how to write great listings. Like you have to be good at all of those things to be successful. And we, we weren't great at those things, even though we'd been selling because, you know, going in a store, like buying one, two, three, five of an item, 10 of an item, I don't have to like optimize a sales page to be able to sell 10 units really. Yep. Yep. And, and it was just about get in, get out and, 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 you know, churn, churn as much inventory as possible. So it wasn't, even though we'd been selling for a couple of years at this point, we still didn't have the experience to do it, but we, we did anyway. And, uh, we launched a one product and it did okay. Like it, it was profitable and it kind of like taught us that, but, but eventually we were like kind of, you know, one of the first real competitors to market. And then as soon as we, our product started seeing success, a bunch of other people showed up and they were better at it than we were. Mm-hmm. So like the product was profitable and then just died. Yep. And then we were like, Oh, I, you know, we, we, we learned from that. So we, we tried to do it again and we had another product that was amazing. Like we probably generated about $200,000 uh, profit in about three months. Wow. And then eventually the market caught up and we, we got beat again because we yep. were just weren't good. You know, we weren't good enough at the job. We were great product pickers yep. and we tried a couple more products that ultimately did kind of the same thing and flopped and, it's just so disheartening that it's like, wow, we're, you know, we're good at this aspect, can't do it and can't compete. You know, what can we do? So we started looking into wholesale and for the people in your audience that don't know what that is, that's buying uh, business to business. So buying from a distributor or wholesaler at wholesale prices and then selling it later at retail. And, you know, conceptually wholesale is the, the thing that makes the most sense. Like it's, it's kind of transactional. Um, and, and you know, it's just about buying the inventory and, and then selling it, which we, we understood that model real well. We thought, 
<laughs> so, you know, we researched how to get into wholesale uh, because it's kind of crazy. Like I had experience with it from the business I'd left. Like I'd always worked with, with distributors and uh, some, some manufacturers, but it was crazy because where we were a destination site, like they came to us and they were like, Hey, will you carry my products? Like, what can I do to help you out? Like, you know, it was always a friendly terms. Mm-hmm. but from whenever, you know, you're not a destination site and you're a third party seller, it's not as attractive to a vendor to work with. you. Mm-hmm. So like I would have, you know, I, I, I researched everything and it said, you know, set up distributor accounts was the first, you know, go through research, find distributors. So that's what I did. I went through, I, I Googled wholesaler distributor and I found all these lists of people I contacted them, told them I wanted to sell product. And they sent me these gigantic catalogs. I mean, I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> They're like unbelievable. So we would sit there and just go through line by line by line by line and nothing like just find nothing or find one product where you can make a dollar or two. And you know, it's just a nightmare. Mm. And it's like, ah, you know, all we know is how to grind our lives away. That's all we know is how it's the only way we can make money apparently is just, just do that. So then we decided we would go to one of the trade shows and try to meet manufacturers. Maybe that worked better. Well, me and Eric are both pretty introverted guys. So like, you know, how, how effective can we really be? Right. Yeah. So like we go, we don't know what we're doing. And we ended up uh, buying product that, that, you know, we shouldn't have. And it was because we felt like we needed to spend money because we'd made the trip yeah. and we tried to make the most of it. And by the time that product showed up to our warehouse, it was already losing money. And it was like, it was just crazy. Like just, just, just defeat after defeat after defeat. Yet we're still making money. Right. Like mm-hmm. shouldn't be that bad. And, uh, I remember uh, it was like this one critical point and it's like, you don't, I, I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we overcomplicate everything. Mm-hmm. Like we make everything difficult. And, you know, every bit of information I'd read said contact a distributor, find a product that's profitable and then sell the product, which seems to make sense. But I, I had one crazy realization and I picked up a product. Was, I don't remember what it was. It's was just something on my desk. And I was like, Eric, like he's sitting over at the desk across from me. And I was like, why can't I sell this? Why do I got to contact all these manufacturers to see what they carry, to see what's good, and then maybe find something? Why can't I just carry the product I want? Like, and he was like, well, maybe, I guess we can just call the manufacturers. And it's like, all right. So we called them and I was like, hey, you know, that um, this is my company. I'd love to buy your guys' products and, and, and sell them on Amazon. And they were like, can you tell me what distributor I need to contact to, to be able to work with you guys? And they were like, well, we actually do direct sales. I was like, what? Like you, you mean, I don't have to contact the distributor. I could just buy product from you. And they were like, sure, man. And I was like, Oh God, I'm sure the, you know, this minimum order is going to be $30,000 or something crazy. And I was like, all right guys. So what's your, uh, uh, that sounds great. What's your minimum order? It was $250, Jason. Like it's, there you go. You know, like I can afford that. And oh, yeah. uh, so they, they sent me their price list and uh, the products, the product was good. And we go ahead. I think we ended up placing a bigger order, like, you know, 750 bucks or something because we got a discount mm-hmm. and made even more money. And then, it, you know, the product comes in and I looked over at Eric and I was like, if it's really this easy, I swear we're going to be, we're, we're going to be millionaires by next month. Like mm-hmm. if, if they'll just sell me product like this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it seemed, it seemed like we had beaten the game right there. So, uh, the, you know, I, then my new mission is literally contact every con, every per, every brand I can to see how many how many accounts I can set up. Mm-hmm. So I, as I start contacting these brands, I meet I meet a new obstacle, and you know I call them. I'd love to set up a, an account with you guys to be able to purchase directly, and they're like, "Where are you selling products at?" Amazon. 
And it's like, oh, we don't, we don't actually need any more Amazon sellers. We're, we're pretty good there. Thanks for trying. And it was just call after call after call. And it's just, you know, it's like that emotional high and then just crushed again because it's yep. like, I really didn't work. We just got lucky. And I remember there was this one product that is funny because it was a supplement and I'd been using, I understood the brand. Like I, I loved it and I'd never really considered carrying that one product. So I look up their page on Amazon, which is conveniently where I'd have been ordering it, you know, and it's like, yeah. it's crazy. Like you order all these things and you never even think about, I could be a seller of this product and be making money. And uh, so I, I looked at it and it's like their page was bad and I knew it. And I looked at one of their competitors and everything was so much better. And uh, I wrote, I decided I was going to write them an email, try to set up an Amazon account, uh, set up an account with them so I could sell the products on Amazon. And just like everybody else, they told me I'm like, Hey man, um, not looking for any other Amazon sellers. And it was just funny because like, you know, I'd never really tried anything like this, but it was like the brand I knew. And I, I felt like, honestly, like at this point I, I'd started becoming more adept with optimization. Like I understood, you know, we'd been studying it more with our private label stuff. We'd been studying it with the, the first brand we had set up and we had started helping, helping them increase sales on the platform. Like just understanding how the platform really works. And I knew that we could do the same thing with this brand. It's like, I know I could help them. I just had to be able to work with them. So I, I decided to call this, uh, call this brand specifically. And the, I, I got on the phone with their national sales manager and I was like, Hey man, I'd sent an email over about carrying your guys products and uh, on Amazon. And he was like, Hey, yeah, I actually saw that email and I responded to you and uh, I'm in it. Like, we're not interested. Thanks for calling pal. And I was like, why, well, you know, it's just so jarring when you hear that. And I was like, you got, can you, I was like, I, I get it, man. You probably get calls like this all the time. Like, could you give me, two minutes to talk to you about how I think I could help you guys out. And you know, if you don't want to work with me, that's perfectly fine. But I think there's some things you can be doing right now. And he said, well, sure. He's like, sure, man. And he's like, but you know, here, here's the way I look at it. I have three Amazon sellers currently. Um, and you know, they were all huge sellers. Like one of them was ATELs, one of them was river colony trading. And these guys do hundreds of millions of dollars a year, mm -hmm. like on Amazon. And he's like, so, you know, what are you going to offer me that these guys can't seriously? And I was like, probably, honestly, I, I can't offer you anything that they couldn't. I was like, but if you get, if you have two minutes to go to your Amazon page, I can show you what you, you know, despite what they could offer you, they're not giving you. And he goes and he looks at the page and to him, it just, you know, it looks like a normal page. He was like, yeah, it looks fine to me, man. I'm like, what's the big deal? And I was like, all right, let's go to your competitor's page. And he goes there and he, now, now it's just like, wow, they have better pictures. They have better titles. Like everything looks more professional mm -hmm. and they were selling more. And I was like, all right, so if you're a customer, Bob, and you come to this listing, which one are you buying? You don't know your products better. And he was like, I would buy theirs. It looks more professional. Everything about it just looks better. And I was like, exactly. Do you not think that's a problem? And he was like, of course it is. And I was like, so you guys have the biggest best sellers on Amazon. And I was like, you know, and, and I'm not going to say, I'm telling you, those guys are amazing, but they don't have time. Like, the, you know, your account 1,000 to Etails, your account 600 to River Colony Trading. The fact of the matter is you're going to be account number two to me. And I know I can fix your problems. Like if you give me one chance to work with you, like I, I can fix it. And if I don't, man, you never have to work with me again. Tell me to get lost. That's but here's right the there. thing. Exactly. And, and it's, you know, just give me that one chance to help you out. And if I don't mm -hmm. follow through and he was like, you know what, man, I'd love to work with you. I, I appreciate the fact that you, you offered me this. Like you, you told me, and, and I was like, for what it's worth, you could take this to your sellers and I'm sure they could probably do it but you're going to have to rely on that every time if you don't have somebody that truly cares about your brand mm -hmm. and I'll be that guy for you. And we, we carried that product and did super well, but that was the lesson we learned. And it's, 
you know, I can't beat people with my wallet. Like I don't have enough money to out order everybody and become their favorite customer. But the one thing I can do is I can deliver tons of value in other ways. I can look at what actually helps them as a company, what helps them as a brand. And I can try to do that. And maybe that will entice them to work with me. And that was our, that's been our strategy ever since is we, you know, we don't try to work with a thousand people. I try to work with one, two, three, four, and just one company at a time. And I try to solve their problems and invest them into us because that's ultimately what we've learned is partnerships are what make the, you know, that's what makes the world go round. Yep. Yeah. Relationships, that human connections, everything, man. Yep. So, I love the story. Beautiful. And I'm not too far from you. I'm in the Indianapolis area. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like it, whenever I used to work at a, the company's called Troll and Toad. They're actually amazing. And it's, it's funny, the owner, you know, even though I got fired years and years ago, we actually have several businesses together now. And we're, <laughs> we're, we're really good buds. There you go. Um, uh, but yeah, they, they, there's a, a, a convention there that happens. I used to go every year to, to Gen Con in yeah. Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, man. Awesome. So um, did you ever have a point? And I think you kind of hit this, but uh, I'm going to ask you to pick out one. Did you ever have a point throughout this journey where you thought, oh man, like this is going to fail. Like we're screwed. Did you ever have, oh, a- I've, I've had so many of those points, <laughs> like, you know, it, like my entire life's been in that point, right? It's like, and I think that's part of being an entrepreneur is, yep. is that you, you know, if you're not, if you're not encountering difficult situations, you're not taking enough action. Yep. And I've always been a proponent of that. I'm not scared of, uh, like, I'm not scared of losing. I'm scared of I'm scared of failing and, and, and failing to me is just giving up. Right. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I run into problems all the time that, that are difficult to solve, but I remember I, I can, I can tell you a couple that were just absolute nightmares. Like there was this one and it's when we had first really gotten started with wholesale and we were uh, messing around with closeouts and that's like a different space. You know, it's yeah. like whenever you, whenever you start learning about a, you think, you know, we, we felt like we knew wholesale and closeouts seemed like the same thing. Well, they're mm-hmm. not. You know, they function entirely differently. And uh, we had worked, we were working with a distributor that we didn't have a great relationship with. And again, relationships are so key in business and we just didn't get the information. He wasn't trying to, to screw us or anything like that. He just, you know, we didn't have the, the friend level information of, he didn't have the entire closeout. Mm-hmm. So we saw it, everything looked good. We bought the entire run and it was, it, you know, it, it's one of those things where a lot of people say you should, should really, uh, not overinvest into one SKU. I've always, I'm very risk averse. Like I like to maximize the amount of money I can make on a product. Like if mm-hmm. I, if it's a great buy, I love buying it. Uh, you know, I'm, I will, I'm willing to invest a lot more into it than most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I feel like I can make it work. And this was one of those instances we, we did way overextended. Like this, uh, this purchase was going to be hard on our business. And literally the day we receive it, I see so much of it starting to show up on Amazon. And I called that distributor. And I was like, Hey man, I thought we bought the entire closeout. And he's like, yeah, yeah, man, you bought all of ours. But we were only one eighth of it. Ooh. And it was like, oh my God, like I literally just invested. And the, you know, the price is tanking yep. and it's so much of our money. And it, it was going to bankrupt us. Like there was no question it was going to bankrupt us. Because um, we wouldn't have been able to move it profitably. Like there's just no way to get, you know, it, was, it wasn't going to be possible to get out of it. And I remember Eric and I was like, I looked over and I was like, man, this is, I guess this is how it ends. Like, I mean, we got, we got a few weeks of runway and we, we can figure it out. And, but uh, you know, it, it's, that's the times that I, I feel like that's the times that test you as an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. And it was, we tried to come up with a creative solution. So I started calling 
people. Uh, you know, if they were selling similar products on Amazon, I would look them up and I would call them and ask them, you know, I, Hey, I got a, I got an awesome closeout. And then I, I contacted this. Eventually I contacted a liquidation company that I had known about uh, from my, from my older days. And I was like, Hey man, uh, I, I got this, I bought this closeout. It's not working out for me. Um, would you be interested in doing anything with me? Like mm-hmm. buying it, trading me product or something like that. And he had a whole bunch of crappy product too, but he had different SKUs. You know, he didn't have 8,000 units of the same one thing. He had, you know, 200 of this, 400 of this, 500 of this. And he was like, yeah, man, like I'd, I'd do a retail swap with you. I was like, thank God. Like, you know, I, instead of yeah. trying to sell one crappy SKU, now I can sell 50 and, and, and slowly move through this. And ultimately that, that saved our business. Mm-hmm. It's like we diversified our product range and was able to move through the bad buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like, you know, that, that's, that's, that's one of those places that, can absolutely that you know that's that's a that's a place where i feel like a lot of entrepreneurs lose their business because we almost did yeah and the thing i like about what you said is uh i always respect the entrepreneurs that have been through real struggle way more than ones that haven't because if somebody starts a business with a bunch of money and they've never had to face that i either got to figure this out or i'm done scenario they're not the same caliber they're not cut from the same cloth so i'm a big fan of struggle tested it's Absolutely. just being battle tested. Absolutely. It, it either makes you or breaks you. So, um, but yeah, so many people, entrepreneurs in today's world, um, you, you hear about their path and it's like, wow, you've really, you've had an easy end to this, but I'll tell you when that savings runs out or when this happens, you don't have a plan. You're going to be singing a different tune. So it, it, it definitely does. It puts so much pressure on. Yep. And then I had another similar one where it was our first exclusive account. And, you know, again, it wasn't, wasn't created off a good relationship. I I'd, I'd tried to, um, buy my way into it effectively. And, mm-hmm. you know, whenever somebody lets you buy your way into something, they're willing to let other people buy their way in. Absolutely. And eventually, uh, you know, I had to come up with this very similar creative solution where I, I, I had to sell off all my product at, to another seller. And it, it was all kinds of, it, you know, it was just a giant mess. Like, mm-hmm. but, but that's the thing is whenever you're, you know, as an entrepreneur, whenever, whenever things get tough, if you can, if you can stay calm and try to think of a creative solution, like most of the time you can, most yeah. of the time it, it, the problems are solvable. And that's what I've learned is despite all the crazy things we've encountered over the years, we've literally never ran into anything that we could not solve. Yep. I love it. Uh, where do you think most people go wrong on Amazon? So I've looked into it before. I don't think I've actually pursued it. I know a lot of people have, I think a lot of people give up early, but what is, what's your opinion? What's your thoughts on that? Honestly, it's grit for me. I yeah. think, I think you, you gotta have some level of, of grit to keep moving forward because things aren't easy. Like it, yeah. you know, nothing's easy. This model, I, you know, I sell a course and I, I'll, I'll be the first guy to tell you Amazon's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's doable. Like anybody can do it and the opportunity's there, but it's not an easy button. So like, you know, in, in our particular, in every type of, of version of selling has its own complications. So like yep. if you're, you know, retail arbitrage has a really low barrier to entry, but it's super hard to scale and you have to put a ton of work in, mm-hmm. um, you know, private label, like it has a big upside if you own your brand afterwards, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of creative stuff that goes into creating a brand mm-hmm. with wholesale. Like our challenge is, you know, whenever you're calling vendors, nine times out of 10, they tell you no. And you have to be, you have to be making that 10th call just like you were making the first one with the same vigor, the same trying to solve their problems because that's ultimately what it takes to convert people. So everything you do in life, I don't, you know, if you're a digital marketer, if you're a podcast host, like every single thing has complications, but I think people give up 
whenever they typically when they meet the complication rather than trying to work through it and find a solution. Yep. I would agree with you. I think most people give up way too soon. It's always funny when I have a conversation with somebody, they're like, man, this business isn't working out. And I'm like, tell me about it. How long have you been doing it? Two weeks. Really? It's like, I mean, you're just, just dipping your toe in the water. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you're not going to be a great basketball player. If you practice for two weeks, you're not going to get fit. If you work out for two weeks, like nothing great happens in two weeks. No. So the only exception to that is uh, our deer season opens in two weeks. So in that case, something good does happen in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Greatness can happen, right? Absolutely. So um, it's funny that something about uh, that you said about grit, because when I talk to people that want to start a side hustle, a lot of times the two things that I always hear people um, tie to easy money when they don't know what they're talking about is e-commerce and affiliate marketing. And neither of those things are near as easy as they sound. <laughs> No, no, no. And it's like, don't you think if it were that easy, everybody you know would do it? Like people never stop and think. I mean, because there's not that many new ideas that you hear about anymore. You know, people are are generally doing something that works. And a lot of people, like even Amazon themselves, have modeled some of the most successful companies in the world in the world and not try to reinvent wheels in a lot of ways. So sure. it's uh yeah, it's anybody listening, good advice for you is uh you know, try something and stick with it for a little while for sure. No, but that's, that, that's the trick. It, it's, you know, I, honestly, Amazon is, it, it, I, it's easy enough that if you may, if you do it and you don't give up, anybody can do it 100%. Yeah. Like it was crazy. We worked with a chair, uh, like a charity it's like called e-commerce kids. And it was, you know, some kids uh, in California that were trying to learn to set up e-commerce businesses ranged from, I think the youngest little dude was seven. And I wow. think, the, you know, the vast majority of them were, you know, 12 to 12 to 15. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally every single, you know, we, we went through with the, the kids and taught, taught like the full course and explained, helped them understand how to communicate and emails and their parents, you know, they, their parents were helping them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there were kids in that program uh, in the first year that developed hundred thousand dollar a month businesses. That's so it's nuts. possible, but these, you know, these kids and their parents respectively work their tails off. Like they, yeah. they, you know, they stayed with it. They worked through objections. Like when people told them, no, they didn't get discouraged. They looked for ways to continue to add value. And that's what it takes. You know, so it's easy enough realistically that a child can succeed. Mm-hmm. But the truth is most people don't because they give up way faster than that. Yep. That's something I told somebody this week actually is from my experience and from a lot of people I've spoken to, the timeline on our success, whatever we deem that to be, is unknown. You know, the first time I quit corporate America, I made about 80,000 bucks a year then, but I went from 80,000 to zero. And I told my wife I was going to recover that in two months. And I don't know where I came up with that timeline, (laughs) but I literally in two months ran out of money and was making zero. She wasn't wasn't happy with me. And she's like, how long is it going to take? And finally, I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I realized one conversation could change my life. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I don't know when it may happen. So I just kind of came to grips with myself and said the timeline for anybody is unknown. You can't, we can't obsess about that. And I think that's a, I think that's another thing that holds people back is unrealistic expectations. You know, why did they give up? Why did they give up in two weeks? And it's because they're not a millionaire. Like really? Yep. You know, it's not necessarily because it's hard because nothing, none of this stuff's like pulling teeth. It's because they're not getting the results that they hope for. Yep. You know, and it's just the same, same thing I tell people all the time. It's like, you know, I get a, a common question I get is how much money do I need to start wholesale? It's like to, to get really get started, you probably need about two grand. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're not going to be able to retire 
on, you know, you're not going to be able to start spend that $2,000 and make a hundred grand. That's not how it works. Like yeah. you take that $2,000, you make, you know, you make five or 600 bucks, you reinvest that 2,500, you, you get 3000 back and you just keep doing it until you got a business. Yep. Like it's, you know, you still have to grow. Like there's no, there's no just easy button where you have a business. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like it's it, a lot of it's just due to expectations. People, you know, people hear the story of, you know, the, the kid that got a, has a hundred K business, but what they don't realize is, you know, it took him a year and he probably, you know, his family, his family helped him start with maybe $15,000 or $20,000. Yep. So it's while he did a great job growing his business, you know, he had, a, the kid had an advantage. Not everybody has that. And yep. your expect your expectations can't be based around other people's success. You have yep. to look at a model and understand that, you know, these are realistic results. This is what I can expect to see. And if this is, if I'm passionate about it and that's good, good enough for me, I have to give it my all right there. Yep. That's great advice. This is going to be an interesting question for you. Is there any single piece of advice you would give a less experienced, younger version of yourself? So if you from today could go back in the future, five years or some amount of time, what would you tell yourself? Uh, it's, it's an interesting one. It, I would say, you know, and I've heard this before, it's not like unique to me, but hire, hire fast and fire faster. Like yep. the, you know, realistically, whenever we got comfortable in our business, like it was, it was almost like I did, I, I almost didn't want to change stuff. I was afraid I would break something yep. and you know, my, my income would go away. And that probably kept us from, from, you know, that probably slowed us down by over a year into making that transition is not wanting to hire people, not wanting to train people, not wanting, and it wasn't that I didn't want to train them. It was that I, you know, I didn't want, I, I didn't know if they would do as good a job as I would. And I didn't want to risk them doing a, a lesser job with, with my money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, so if I, in, in retrospect, that was a terrible idea. And, and you know, and, and then I conversely, when we started hiring people, I would get attached to them and it would, I would have trouble, you know, even when they were a poor employee firing them. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that, that I feel like as, as an entrepreneur, you have to be good at is number one, you have to be good at, at bringing people under your team. Like, you know, nothing worth doing is worth doing alone mm -hmm. realistically. And, uh, you know, ever since we started, since we started hiring people and, and, and investing in a team and trying to get people to invest back into us, like our company has grown exponentially. Mm -hmm. And, but, but, you know, to the, to the same effect, if you have the wrong team member, it can really hurt you fast. And you, you know, sometimes it's a difficult decision, but you have to do it. You have to make the decision to, to cut the person. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to get five essential skills from you that everybody needs to be successful on Amazon. Sure. Um, action oriented. Like you have to, you have to be willing to take action. Yep. If you're not willing to take action, you're, you're never going to succeed at anything. Um, uh, value, a value first perspective. I think creating relationships, uh, is, is incredibly important. And I, I think the best way to do that is by offering people some value, mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and, and what is value value is being able to do something that will help them, whether it helps you or not. Yep. And that's, that's the way I look at it is, you know, whenever we approach these manufacturers, a lot of the times I just tell them what I would, you know, if I, if you want to work with me, these are the things I'm going to fix. If you don't want to work with me, send this to your sellers and get it fixed. Like it, it will do everybody good. Yep. And it, that's what most people respond to is I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, sell them. On, I'm not trying to sell them. on working with me. I'm trying to show them that it's a great idea to work with me. Yep. Um, I think that was two. Yep. Uh, th third one is, 
resilience. We talked about resilience and, and, mm-hmm. and grit, honestly, mm-hmm. like you, you have to be able to continue to move forward in the, you know, in the face of uh, uncertainty, particularly because that's what, that's what problems really are. You know, most of the problems, we don't know what the worst outcome is. Like we haven't thought about what, you know, what is, what does this actually mean before we jump to assumptions of how bad it is? Like at least take the time to consider your, you know, consider what you're doing and uh, what the, what the real impact is. Um, four and five. These are, these are tougher. Um, honestly, uh, this one, is, I would, I would start with professional. Like mm-hmm. that, that's another one that I think a lot of people, they, they don't start on the right foundation. Like it's, if you're, if you're going to be serious and you're going to try to create a business, you know, do things right. Go get a CPA, get your business set up correctly, set it up, you know, set up an LLC, take, take the extra time, set up an LLC that, that gives you some level of legal protection get insurance so you don't lose your business if, if a disaster happens. Like it's all those small things. And, and you know, that's ultimately the vast majority of people that, that ultimately fail in business probably fail from something that stems from there, right? Like it's a shortcut where, mm-hmm. you know, they get in the habit of making shortcuts and stuff like that. And uh, ultimately I, I feel like you have to treat yourself like a professional. Mm-hmm. And then the, the last one is uh, understand what you're, understand what you want. Like, what is your ideal business? Because I know that was really confusing for me at first. Mm-hmm. Whenever we first got into business, we didn't know what our goal was and we were just trying to make money. Yep. And whenever you did that, you know, whenever we did that, we, we built a, we had a warehouse. Um, it, like it was just, we, we created all this work and we were running, our revenue was going nuts. Like, you know, we're $7 million, $8 million. And, but we weren't happy. It was just like, I was working just as much as I did whenever I was, you know, back out shopping in stores because I'm trying to manage, you know, 15, 20 people and running around in a warehouse. And, you know, that's just not my strength. It's not what I want to do. So I think if I would have thought about it beforehand and just tried to picture the business I wanted to, to create, mm-hmm. like, you know, how I wanted to live, uh, that would have been much more beneficial because you know, since we switched, um, we, we closed our warehouse, moved to a third party logistics place. Now we only have two internal employees that run our Amazon business. Our entire Amazon business is ran by our team, Joel and Kendra. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis, they, and now it's actually, you know, I, I, it, I love it, but, but it's kind of crazy. Um, the, uh, when we were building that business, right? Like it, it, it was costing us 24 cents internally to process our products. Mm-hmm. And whenever we moved to a, a third party logistics person, I think we pay 70 cents a unit. So it's mm-hmm. a, a, you know, huge cost increase mm-hmm. and you would think our profits went down, right? But what happened is like, like our profits went up. Like we're more profitable than we've ever been 18 months after that. And it, I was trying to think of, you know, how did that happen? How did we increase our costs almost three X and become more profitable? And it was because we, you know, it, it, it removed the part that we didn't like. Like, you know, my team, Joel and Kendra, it's not that they got instantaneously got smarter. It's that they had, they, they weren't having to deal with warehouse issues. They weren't having to go out and do that because now we have a professional team that does it. And like, you know, that's what they're great at. So they manage their team and they, they just, you know, they don't have to deal with problems. So that gives them more time to be creative and do a great job, like deliver actual value to the clients they work, they work with. So since that happened, like we've gotten a lot more exclusive accounts, like where they just want to work with us because we continue to, to deliver and deliver and deliver. And it's because our team has time to come through now. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. Very, very good stuff. Um, let me ask you, what's next for you, Dan? What's on the horizon for you the rest of this year and maybe into 2020? Now for us, it's, it's just to continue to grow, uh, grow our community, honestly. Mm-hmm. And our, you know, it, 
the, the amount of success that we have seen through, through the wholesale formula has been phenomenal. Like we've seen, uh, you know, 70 year old, 70 year old people create, create a business like these people, you know, I, I multiple people. Like I can think of immediately three different groups mm-hmm. of, of, you know, 70 plus year old people who had never owned a business that were able to create a successful, awesome business over, you know, over, over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's incredible. We, you know, in our community, we have a 17 year old, uh, that took our course and has it now has a, you know, this is two years after she taken it. She has multiple million dollar business. Like tell us know, about the course a little bit. What does the course entail? It's our course is a lot different than most people's man. It's, it's literally, uh, because we're, you know, it, realistically we're in the trenches. Like it's yeah. not, there's no theory in it. And what we did is we, we recorded just how our business operates. So it's just literally a, a step-by-step walkthrough for our business. Like originally when we created it, you know, we were doing, we, we were creating training videos for our own employees yep. and uh, ultimately turned that into a course and have kind of refined it over time to, to make it the best way we, we can possibly deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing you said that, that I say all the time that I love is uh, actual experience over theory. Listen to that listeners. That's uh that's powerful there. Oh so, yeah. Very cool. Uh, what's the best way for my listeners to learn more about you or your company or your course? For sure, man. Uh, you know, our course is very rarely open, but it's, it, you know, we, we try to produce lots of free on free and awesome content. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if people want to learn more about us, just check it, check us out at the wholesaleformula.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash the wholesale formula. There you go. Well, awesome, Dan. I really appreciate your time and uh, had a great conversation with you today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely, man. It's, it's a pleasure being here. Awesome. If anybody listening wants to learn more about Dan and what he's up to, um, check out the show notes for this episode. Um, you just go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 182. And you can see more and get his links there. And you can use that, um, that formula for all past and future podcast episodes as well. So again, happy new year to you. Um, take some chances, take some action. And if you stick with it long enough, you might be surprised at the outcome. As always, I appreciate your eyes and ears. And when I say eyes, if you haven't checked us out on YouTube, check out what we're doing on YouTube. It's a, kind of a neat experience to see these podcasts Gives you a little bit different perspective than just hearing us talk, but um, certainly an option for you to check out if you haven't already. Okay. Um, appreciate your eyes and ears. We will catch up with you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, please visit intentionallyinspirational.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our video podcast on YouTube. See you next time.